The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with my co-host, host of the Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bolin. G'day, Paul. Hello, hello, hello. I'm, uh, I'm so kind of waking up today, but, you know, all right, here we are. So, so what are we talking about today? <laughs> I always want to say this is a pre-record, so if we forgot that very important news or that very important sports game, it's because it hasn't happened yet. So this is recorded ahead of time, which always makes me exciting. Uh, it's exciting, excited. I love doing the pre-records, actually. My only catch is I don't like that we don't have the Twitter interaction, so I'm going to jump on Twitter and we'll talk to people about what's going on. I do want to give a quick shout-out to Tiny Bubbles Hair Salon. Thank you for always making me red carpet ready. Cartel Co- uh, Coffee Company, thank you for your charitable support. New Palm Springs Diet, Spread Under Your Tongue, Get Skinny. True Rest, Sedona and Las Vegas, because they do our giveaways and off-road rentals in Palm Springs, California, because they do our giveaways. So if you want to win something today, listening, because Paul's going to ask you a question about Ronan Farrow, I guess. Paul? A trivia question about Ronan Farrow. Uh, the title of his book before this, Before Catch and Kill. Okay, so before Catch and Kill, if you can tell us the title of Ronan Farrow's book, you can win, win a ride at Off-Road Rentals in Palm Springs, California, or a float at True Rest, Sedona or Las Vegas. You can use that at any True Rest float spa. So let us know, okay? Now, I wanted mm. to talk a little bit about Ronan Farrow's book. Um, Harvey Weinstein right. is going to trial, and they're talking about his uh, bitch of a lawyer. <laughs> I, I mean, I'd like to remind everyone, every time we use bad language, we give money to the Boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society of America, and Free MMA. So when we swear, it's because we care about children. Um I mean, I mean, <laughs> Lex is going to kill you. She has to count that. I, I mean, that wonderful woman that's standing up for Harvey Weinstein. Uh, yeah, she was just, she uh, did an appear, appearance on Fox News not too long ago. Oh, uh, which is, she, she was just riding the line that, that lawyers have to do. It's like, yeah, uh, a person deserves to be uh, represented, representation in court. Uh, at least it ain't Lisa Bloom anymore. She's still a. Mm, you can't. I, I have trouble with someone selling themselves as a feminist and supporting Harvey Weinstein or rapping Harvey Weinstein. Like I, I just, I can't. Yeah. I, well, the Bloom Bloom's left was Gloria Allred. Yeah. Allred. Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, his daughter. You know who really knows how to pick them? Mm. Oh boy. <laughs> I just, Boy, I don't get it. <laughs> I do. He's got money. Okay, that part I get. I understand that completely. I and it's all going to go away. <laughs> so, I wouldn't mind telling you that. I, I, I don't know if it'll all go away. I think he'll manage to keep some of his assets. I think he's going to pull it off. I think he's, you know, even Cosby, who got in all kinds of trouble, didn't lose everything. Uh, well, he's in, he's in jail right now, right? So... Yeah, okay, that part he lost. <laughs> right. And well-deserved, by the way. 
Um, now, yeah, Ronan most Farrow's, of Harvey's, thank mm-hmm. you, you know, and I, uh, most of Harvey's crimes, uh, I believe, happened well within a statute of limitations. Oh, unlike oh, Cosby's. Sure. Unlike Cosby's. Yeah. There was, that's, that, that was an issue that, you know, these accusations were for acts that were 30, 40 years old. And uh, you gotta respect the kind of balls on Cosby because he did like Lou Ferrigno's wife. I don't Are know. Are you how serious? That yeah, I don't know. <gasps> back in the seventies, back when Lou Ferrigno was the you know Lou Ferrigno, you know. Holy shit! I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, that's some huevos. You know, that's that. Either that, or he really wanted to get caught and get his ass beat. <laughs> I'm going with ass beat. You touch Lou Ferrigno's wife, you'll die. Yeah, but nope, not him. Still around. Jesus. Well, in jail, in jail and half blind. And I think uh, Lou Ferrigno just became a deputy someplace. I think I saw a thing. I I don't know how that's... He's got a serious... I've been around before. He's got a serious uh, hearing condition. It's one of the reasons his speech is slurred. He's he's like most I believe he's mostly deaf. I like him. I only met him once, and it was at a comic con. But he he was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't think I met him under the greatest <laughs> circumstances. But how'd you meet? He, he was not a happy guy. It was a uh, all right. Well, he was somewhat political, but it was a <laughs> like a pro gun shooting event. And, and uh, it was him and Aaron Gray were like the celebrity captains of this. I think they call it the Hollywood celebrity shoot. But this was like 20 years ago. Uh, did you shoot him, Paul? No, I, I didn't. <laughs> I was not a celebrity, so I did not get to shoot. So I just went to see what the event was all about. And Lou was the men's team captain in uh, battle. Uh, Buck Rogers, Aaron Gray was the uh, female captain. Captain, and there was near the end where they were going to present them with guns as in reward. You know, there was this giant 357 python with, I think, like a six inch barrel and a tiny little 38. It should have gone to Aaron Gray, but they flipped the switch and gave the big 357 to Aaron Gray and a tiny little pop gun to uh, Luke Ferrigno, and it really looked like a toy in his hand. It was kind of funny. <laughs> but he was not amused. I'm guessing no. I, you know, I, I, you talk about um, Buck Rogers. I got to mm. say, I'm more of a fan of Duck Dodgers, just personally. More, more, more into the Looney Tunes than Buck Rogers. Oh well, think, yeah. I think Duck Dodgers was one of the greatest things ever made. Now we were, I know we were talking a little bit about uh, Harvey Weinstein. He was brought up, and that, and all of that nonsense was brought up in uh, Ronan Farrow's book. Did Ronan Farrow address Woody Allen at all? Uh, that's not what this book is about, but he has, uh, he has to come out in support of his sister. Although I do remember reading an article for, uh, his adopted brother-in-law, which is basically, uh, who was Sunni's, uh, biological brother, mm-hmm. brother. And, uh, when he talks about the charges that, uh, Ronan Farrow's biological sister says, uh, the, uh, the Sudanese biological brothers said that that area doesn't even exist. Said it was a in an attic with a train. She said it was in an attic with a train set. He's like, there's no attic in the house that we were talking that he's talking about. And uh, he's he's also very very go figure estranged from Mia Farrow and kind of paints her as 
kind of mummy dearest. Yeah, yeah, and I and I still go back to the whole Ronan Farrow's fucking Woody Allen's kid. Uh-uh. Not a goddamn chance. Frank Sinatra. Yeah, look, those freaking. I'm sorry, you can get lost in those eyes. <laughs> Holy crap! I'd like yeah. to get lost oh, in those eyes. Delicate features like Mia Farrow, but still, it's like. Uh-uh. Like no, no offense to Woody Allen, but you gotta think that it's not—he's probably not the best genetic. Uh, Woody example. Allen could not make a kid that attractive. But there's a short version. <laughs> does he? Does he have any? I don't know if he has any kids that that could very well not be his. I don't know. <laughs> Well, well, I don't I know. Just, just, I, I'm just so I, stuck I still, on Woody Allen like and Woody. that. I don't. I, I just, I don't. There was a, uh, there was a movie. Uh, I'm well, not actually, into baby rapists. A documentary, a documentary uh, called Wild Man Blues. It was followed around uh, Woody Allen and his Kleisimer jazz band. Mm-hmm. And it kind of showed like a, uh, an insight into uh, suing the relationship between Suni and Woody Allen. And it is real clear who wears the pants in that family and sure as hell ain't Woody. Well, she kind of has him over a barrel. Well, that was like, that was still like six, seven years after the, it started. Started because the Wild Man Blues was like, I remember we had a tower when I worked there. So that was like 99. I'm I'm not disagreeing. I'm, I'm just saying that like, um, you molest a kid or you do something inappropriate with a kid and you don't want to go to jail and you're Woody freaking Allen and you marry that kid, you better be nice to that kid forever. Uh, well, there was, the thing is, is that they didn't know whether or not it was. was because it, she could very well have been 18. There was a... Uh, Mia Farrow decided to make an argument over her birth certificate because that was a best guess. She came from an area in uh, Vietnam that didn't have a lot of records. Yeah. Records, so there was like whether or not she was 17 or 18 when it started. I don't care when it started. That was her parent. Yeah, if you've been like, I I don't care what the situation is. Like, I've I've adopted kids, I've fostered kids, I'm gonna foster Mm -hmm. more. And there's no part of me that's like, do you know what I'm gonna do? I'm Mm -hmm. gonna look for my next baby daddy. Right, that would be kind of weird. And yeah, I'm not saying it's not weird, but Suni. It's horrifying. Definitely seems like she's the one in charge of the charge of the relationship. I still find it horrifying. Like. I I'm couldn't not imagine it's not, it's not, but uh, they're still together for some freaking reason. Uh, yeah, that child abuse often works that way. You brainwash somebody into thinking they need you, or that abuse is love. Just saying, mm. if there was even mild flirting before, you know, she was an old. Th- this is a man that was around when she was an infant. Uh, no. Okay, not I shouldn't true. say infant, child. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she, she, I think they, she was adopted when she was like uh, 13, 14. Again, this and is a man that was around. was 11, 12. Again, still weird. Still weird. Okay. Right. Uh, so. And she was originally, you, and Woody wasn't the adopted, originally the adopted daughter. That was uh, the violin player, I believe. Let's, let's look at it this way. You've, you've, it's still you bad. know who, It's terrible. You know who, like, you you know uh, the gentleman I'm dating. What happened? To, what, do you know what I would do to him if he turned around like I adopted a little girl? He didn't know her till she was like eight. 
Do you, do you know what I would do to him? If yeah. Sigurakum uh, was like, yeah. <laughs> they would find his body spread over seven states. Yes. Which I'm, that, that's a little bit of an exaggeration because nobody's going to find that body. Yeah, I get it. Not at all. Not even <laughs> a little bit. my point. Do you know what I would do to someone for touching her? Like, especially, Sonia, you're not talking about a kid that had a good life when you're talking about no? me. You're talking about somebody that was already severely like the kids are not put up for adoption for good reasons True. something bad happened the thing about that the brother of Sunni Sunni's biological brother talks about is how she became a grown-up because of where they came from she was mature beyond her years so that that was the brother's defense this is my defense this is the brother's defense in an article that I read I'd like 15 minutes alone with the brother in a sack what? Just give me a, a give me a brick, give me a bag. I'm gonna go to the beach. Give me 15 minutes with the brother and a bat. Well, the brother was younger than Sunni, I believe. Yeah, I'm still gonna take a bat to him for this. Hear me out. <laughs> when you use the excuse she's mature beyond her years, uh-huh. where does that end? Uh, well, has it ended in divorce? Yeah, you know, so there's that. But- at, at what point does, okay, she's really mature become, well, you know, that's the same fucking excuse I hear people in Nambla use. And no, I do not mean the man, Marlon Brando lookalike. Which, I don't know if that's actually a thing. It's not. I just stole it from South Park. I know. I know. Well, I'm not even sure that the whole uh, Nambla thing is real because there's no way I'm I am googling that uh-uh. no, no, no. <laughs> Nambla I about every is list. <laughs> Nambla okay. is real I have googled it Paul you're uh, a grown man that lives alone I strongly suggest you don't <laughs> yeah, no. No, no, no 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 I've already I've got enough red flags up already so no I'm not I'm not, 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 not I have no interest in doing that what they're famous for again they they're they are actually real yes they are actually real okay how isn't like everybody who's a member of that like arrested i have no fucking because of the first amendment now i will say this i believe people have the right to say whatever the hell they want you know i, I yeah. love the phrase and I, I think it's important that those people say those things so we know who those people are I completely agree. That's part of, part of the reason I support the First Amendment, because it lets you know who you're talking to. Yeah, it's always the quiet ones. No, no, no. In the words of George Carlin, don't pay attention to the quiet. If you pay only attention to the quiet ones, a loud one's going to brain you with a brick. You know, I, I, I agree with that. Also, I love George Carlin. But more than that, I want to know, like, if I've got Adolf Hitler living in my neighborhood, I want him talking. I support the First Amendment just on those grounds. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I want to know who's coming. No, no, no. I, I, you know, look, if there was, if for some reason, uh, there was like a genetic clone of Adolf Hitler living down the block, I'd kind of like to know about it myself. Agreed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's what you want to know. Guys, we are going to go to back break. When we come back, we're going to be on with Rachel Alexander. We're going to be talking about her book, Receiver of Many, uh, and the new TV show that is being done around it that is tentatively titled Pawns of Olympus with the hashtag poo. She's not exactly loving that. Uh, we'll give you <laughs> our second question for the day. If you can give us the worst working title of any show ever, poo doesn't count. Um, 
We'll give you either an ATV ride at Offroad Rentals in Palm Springs, California, or a float at True Rest, Sedona, or Las Vegas. So write in on Twitter and tell us the worst working title of a film. Paul, which one do you think was the worst? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. What was the one they used for Star Wars? That one was pretty bad. <clears throat> Uh, I don't know. I thought it was something along the lines of the, the untitled J.J. Abrams project or something like that. We'll have to. No, no, no. The old Star Wars for the third one. All right. We'll, we'll figure it out when we come back. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, Paul Michael Boland, host of Militant Moderate. We will be on with Rachel Alexander after this. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we're on with Paul Michael Bolland, my co-host, host Militant Moderate. Welcome back, Paul. Hey, hello, hello, hello. I and believe we, we have our guest now with us, too. We do. We have our very, very special guest. We've had her on before. You guys loved her, and we didn't answer any of your questions last time, and you got all pissed off at us. And now we're doing a pre-record, so we can't answer your questions. So I'm going to get more hate mail. Welcome, Rachel Alexander. That's my segue. I'm just <laughs> so I'm just going to brush by that. G'day. Hi there. Oh, <laughs> I could answer one of yours. The answer is Blue Harvest. Blue Harvest. Okay, that was the Star Wars. Blue Harvest. That, that was the name of that the, was the third working Star title. Wars. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, that was no. That was, was that the prequels or was that the new ones? Because that was a, that was the original. No, I think that was that was Return of the Jedi. Oh, fair enough. Because they were filming okay. it up here where I live in Northern California, and they had to keep fans from mobbing their shooting location in the redwoods. So that's what the working title was. <laughs> that is yeah. brilliant because no one wants to go to a movie like who wants to go see Blue Harvest? Like, uh, it just sounds like a lifetime film. I don't know. Well, again, the Family Guy titled their uh, 
uh, Star Wars spoof and sold a very successful DVD that was called Blue Harvest. But that was, but it's also Family Guy, so you know, there's that. Yeah, okay. They, my favorite thing about Family Guy is the FCC song. I sing it every time I get in trouble with the FCC. <laughs> um, they do some really brilliant stuff. They do. They do some really, really brilliant stuff. So yeah, what's the wor- So what's the worst white working titles you guys can think of? Let us know. We'll give you some free stuff. And uh, Rachel, I know you are not a huge fan of the working title right now. <laughs> I of, am um, not. I really am not. Um, <laughs> it was kind of funny because I'd gotten on the phone with you. Um, like I was going to try and hashtag it on Twitter one time and I started <laughs> piecing out the uh, acronym and I was like pawns right. of oh shit <laughs> and, and I got on the phone with you and I'm like Literally. hey so um, I don't think this is going to fly because uh, so I, I'm just going to get I'm just going to let you guys look at the first letter of each of those words and there was this silence on the phone for a little bit yeah. and then just hysterical <laughs> laughter on summer's <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. It would be so funny if it I was funny. I don't know exactly. Oh, where'd you go? Hello? Okay. I like her telling her, I don't know exactly how working titles like hashtags work, but uh, hashtag who is probably going to find a lot of things that you don't want. Yeah, it's it's not really what you want. Rachel, yeah. are you there? Hello? Like, first off, hello? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, you dropped out there. Okay, for so a first off, I'd like this You're thing back. to be searchable and not demonetized the second someone puts it onto Google. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just go with the Untitled Rachel Alexander Project at this point? I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I, see, I, I'm stuck on poo. I love it now. Um, but yes, that's probably, oh, no, probably I know a better you do. idea. <laughs> Well, if that's the working title, that's also could very well be that. Is that the title of the book? No. <laughs> okay. No, no. The title of the title of my first book is Receiver of Many, and uh, yeah. I got that title because it's an epithet for Hades. This is a story about Hades and Persephone. I'm doing the original Greek myth and uh, putting it into a framework that you know I think that people can really identify with. Um, but I definitely refuse to put it into a framework like setting it in modern times or making it into a comedy. You know, I think I think my fans would crucify me if I did that. A little bit, yeah. So I'm already yeah, receiving death threats if I fuck it up. A little, <laughs> little humor never healed anybody, but you know, I get it. Like, I mean, I, I, I do have to, I do have to put a little caveat on that. I have just the most incredible devoted fan base in the world, and they've just been so wonderful to me uh, throughout the years since I've been writing, and have been extremely encouraging to me as I've been uh, working on the series. I'm about halfway through book three right now, and uh, got a lot of really great responses from the free snippets that I put up for that. No, I, I do have to say the way I came into contact with uh, Rachel's book was I had someone at a Comic-Con freak out telling me I have to read this and make it into a movie. And my first response is, lady, I don't want to read your book. Um, no, no offense. Like, I'm, I'm happy to read stuff, but everyone comes up to me telling me why their book should be made. And she's like, no, 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 no. This isn't mine. I'm just a fan. 
that caught me because everyone's there always trying to sell their stuff. And she wasn't. She wasn't trying to get me to read right. her stuff. Not everybody, or, has, not everybody has fans. So, that's you know, exactly that. it. And so for me, it's a great sell. I'm like, there's already a fan base and you are ballsy enough to approach me and say you want this made. Okay, you have my attention. And then I sat and wrote it. Then she printed off copies of this book on paper and started giving them out. And I'm sitting there thinking, the author's going to kill her. That's all I can think. She's like, yeah, isn't that, that that's don't dance. don't don't do that. You're not supposed to copy copyrightable work. You know. So just- but she, she, she printed off on like printer paper, and she's like, read this. I'm like, I don't think you should be doing this, crazy person. Oh no, she gave me the whole thing, that. and then gave me a link to where to get it for free and download it illegally. I was like, ah, uh, stop telling people this. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was like, stop telling people that. You have loyal fans, but they're also weird. (laughs) Actually, her her fans are pretty cool. This one was a little weird. I can say that. You can't. I get it. But, you know, the spirit's there, right? (laughs) And four power to them. Good for you. You got something worth stealing. So there you go. Look at that. (laughs) There you go. I know plenty of people who would love to have their movies stolen. (laughs) Because all they're doing is on hard drive. I got one myself. So, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's it. It's like somebody, please steal this. Care enough to steal. Um, so for you, I know we contacted you out of the blue about this, but what inspired yeah. you to write to write this book? What inspired you? Because um, Hades and Persephone, I mean, it's a pretty dark fable. Like it's it, it ain't light, and your book kind of makes it a love story, but also sticks pretty true to some of it. And you have a nice mix of characters. It's not, um, you know, you have, it's not, what's a really nice way of saying this isn't like a weirdo whitewashed uh, Greek mythology thing. Is there a nice way of saying that? Well, I mean, I didn't want to write two dimensional characters because I wouldn't have been able to put it on paper and feel good about myself. I mean, I wanted the characters that I wrote to be fully fleshed out. We don't have a lot of source material from that time because, you know, over 2,000, 3,000 years, things get destroyed. And so there's there's not a lot of stuff, but there is a bunch of pieces that we could put together and kind of come up with what might have happened. And one of the things that's missing in all the mythology is what is Persephone's perspective on all this? And that was the key thing that I wanted to write from. Well, Persephone, That's even in the, in, in, the, uh, in the myths, she was always quite two-dimensional. She was just Hades' love object and her mother's daughter. She was never her own person. And that was something mm-hmm. I found very interesting that you did, is she is very much her own person in this. Yeah, exactly. I didn't want to. I didn't want to essentially write somebody that boils down to being the rope in a game of tug of war. I wanted to have a fully realized character, especially since she's only that kind of non-dimensional character in the actual abduction. In every other myth, she's the feared queen of the underworld, the Iron Queen, the you know the person who's the dread Persephone, the person who you do not call upon. And I wanted to kind of give readers a glimpse of how she moves from one point to another and becomes that kind of a, a character, you know, a character who's, you know, very concerned about the welfare and well-being of the living and the dead. 
it was a uh, I think Praxedike. What what was the name of her when she's uh it's uh, in Hmm? It's uh Praxidike. Mm-hmm. Praxidike is how it's pronounced in, in the Greek. I I'm probably screwing that up, but um that's about as close as I can get. Uh and that and it essentially means uh somewhere between justice and vengeance. And that was one of her epithets. Now, if people want to read this, which I think they should, um, you've got, I think you put the first one up as a freebie. You did like a, a backwards, because um, everyone wanted to read it, you did a release on it as a gift to fans or something? Yeah, I did. So um, I had originally had only the first four chapters, and I ended it on a horrible cliffhanger so that then people would go, oh, shit, I have to read the rest of this and go buy it. And um, the links for where you can buy it can be found through my website at therkalexander.com. And then there's a whole bunch of other places where it can be read for free. I'm posting uh, new whole chapters as they exist in the in the ebook and in the published book online every single Wednesday from here until the book is finished. And then if you want uh, the next part of the story, well, you got to pick up Destroyer Light and read it because that's the next book that, in the series. That, that's exactly it. So you can read the first part um, for free, but the you've you got to buy Destroyer of Light. Yep. Oh, my God. I got mm-hmm. so hooked on these books. I'm like, I'm not into the gothic romances. I'm not into any. I'm like, I'm queen of the, I'm going to read self-help books. Like, I'm, I'm going to read this because <laughs> it helps me. I'm going to do this. I couldn't put the damn thing down. It was amazing. What inspired One you to go? One of the sweetest things hmm? that, one of the sweetest things that a fan ever told me was she said that she was reading my book and she just had this movie playing in her head and then kind of blinked and all of a sudden words of the book actually appeared in front of her face. And she only realized at that minute that she was continuing to read because she'd been completely drawn into the world that I had created as she was reading through it. Like she I can see that. Hopefully she wasn't her. behind the wheel of a car. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I that's probably why I haven't put out world- an audio book yet. <laughs> Yeah, maybe don't. People might die. No, I'm kidding. Um, so you have you have two books out right now. You have uh, Receiver of Many, Destroyer of Light, mm-hmm. and you have a third book you're working on right now. That's right. What's that the one about? The book in the series I'm working on is The Good Counselor. And I actually have some sample chapters that I put up online. Um, and those got... I, I mean, I was I was kind of worried because a couple years had elapsed between me publishing Destroyer of Light and publishing the preview for Good Counselor. I was like, oh, I wonder if people are going to forget me. Nope. They came right on back, and I was inundated with fan mail. I was inundated with comments and messages and people being interested in this all over again and begging for the release date and saying it's about the uh, time. Yeah. It, it was That's proof good. to me that this had some staying power. What inspired you with a good counselor? What's it about? The good counselor is um, it's a continuation of the story of Hades and Persephone, but it incorporates other myths. For instance, uh, the myth of Orpheus and Eurydice, and uh, a couple. Wait, others, wait, one one uh, sec like, for for in case anyone doesn't know. I mean, I know. But just in case the audience mm-hmm. doesn't know, or, or, or fearsome or fidicy, uh, what what is that? 
Just, you know, for those audience members that don't know. Eurydice (laughs) are lovers, and Eurydice dies prematurely on the day of their wedding. Orpheus, who has a lyre, a magical lyre, and has this golden voice, travels down to the underworld and begs Hades and Persephone to let him have Eurydice back. Uh, Hades brought to tears by his music and relents and says, all right, well, you can leave with her, but if you look back in doubt, then she comes back to my kingdom forever. And he was able to leave, and Eurydice was behind him, and as soon as he was out in the light, he turned around just one second too early, and she vanished right before him. And so it's a it's a tragedy in effect, and I uh, you know try and move it into the story that I'm creating and kind of do a completely different spin on it. I know there have been a few uh, recent takes on that story. For instance, um, Hades Town, which is all about Orpheus and Eurydice, just won a you know the Tony last year for best musical on Broadway. But I'm doing something completely different with that idea. I like that. Now, uh, that one, uh, so you, you follow that myth. What other myths do you follow in it? I'm just being nosy now. I'm asking for a friend. What's that? <laughs> I said, what, what Wait, other myths do you, do you go through in this? Um, I kind of get a little bit into the story of Heracles, and that's going to play out a lot later. The thing is, I can't give away too much because that would be all of the spoilers for my new book. <laughs> okay, so now so, um, got to go. There's like about five or six different things where if I even mentioned them, um, I'd start giving away spoilers for what's coming up. Makes sense. Okay, I get that. Guys, we are going to go to break. When we come back, we are going to continue on with Rachel Alexander talking about her books, talking about her new book, and talking about her upcoming TV show. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, host of The Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bolin, and our very special guest, Rachel Alexander. Go check out Receiver of Many, because then I know you're going to buy Destroyer of Light. It's really good. We'll be right back after this. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Today, many doctors prescribe basic pharmaceuticals to their patients who aren't feeling well or have various aches or pains. Is this the right course of action for all patients? Definitely not. Find out about healthy, natural ways to help you feel your best by tuning in to the CBD Ed Show with host Edward Cheney. Ed will explain full-spectrum CBD, where the whole hemp plant can be used for treatment, and answer all of your questions about CBD and natural treatment in general. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with my co-host, host of the Milton Motor, Paul Michael and our very, very special guest, Rachel Alexander, talking about all things Hollywood. We were talking about her book, Receiver of Many, Book Destroyer of Light, and her new book, The Good Counselor. Um, guys, go read uh, Receiver of Many, and I promise you'll end up buying Destroyer of Light. It's a fantastic book. Uh, welcome back, Rachel. Thank you for having me back. It's good to be on. I like it. I like it. Now, your book is, it's a, it's a really strong, you've got really, really strong female lead in this, um, which I know a lot Very. of people have been shying away from in Hollywood or complaining that, you know, that uh, they, they call it woman washing, that they're woman washing characters like they did with uh, Captain Marvel versus using a man. They used a woman. Um, on the one hand, people are complaining uh, about that. There were like three in the comics. There were like three Captain Marvels, a dude, I a know. white woman, and a black woman. So, I you know. know. You're preaching to the converted cult. People just get upset. You know, I I found the white woman took the job away from the black woman. How's that? Hilarious. Hilarious picture about Captain Marvel, and it was it basically said, "Toxic nerds go to therapy, please." In the uh, you know Chiron and title heading of the uh, Captain Marvel poster, and love uh, it. Something that's kind of important to me is having actual representation because uh, you know if you can you know it's 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 something called sexy lamp theory if you can replace a female character with a sexy lamp and nothing changes in your story then you're not representing anything I have never heard this theory. I've I've heard the if oh, you so know, the female characters only exist for men, but I've never heard the sexy lamp theory. And I just had about ten films go through sexy my mind. Lamp. I think. Well, okay. I think that that uh, might no, no. Be is, a is that like Paris Hilton? Into, yes, into yes. wider yes. world than that is into yeah. film and TV world. <laughs> Sexy. That's really interesting. Well, you chose to write a very, very strong female character, um, which is interesting timing because right now everyone's complaining that, you know, women weren't really represented um, at the Oscars and Mm -hmm. everyone's kissing Scorsese's ass. That was that was part of the complaint. I like Scorsese, but whatever. that, That was that was my that was my complaint. (laughs) Because <laughs> you know, I can name three movies that happen to be directed by women that were a lot better than The Freaking Irishman. Name them. Uh, the Farewell, uh, the Aquafina's uh, movie, uh, the, yeah, the, uh, the Honey Boy, the, uh, basically Shia LaBeouf's autobiography, and what should have gotten not only Best Picture, therefore Best Director, but uh, A Beautiful Neighbor in the Neighborhood, the uh, the, the movie that uh, has Mr. Rogers in it with, by Tom Hanks. He got nominated. With, with Tom supporting. Hanks, yeah. And I also mm-hmm. think that Greta Gerwig was um, pretty well snubbed, unfortunately, with yeah, Little well, Women. She did get 
and and apparently it it scaled, i.e., because they we have uh, I think we have nine picture nominations this year. That was like, mm-hmm. Little Women was like one of the ones that got like the least amount of votes. Yeah, well, it got, it got six nominations, and most of them weren't for major categories. Yeah, I mean, because there was like four other movies in that thing that also did not get nominated for Best Director, I believe. Because like, mm-hmm. that's just how it works. There's only five directors nominated, and there could be up to ten pictures. Yeah. Which is, I haven't seen Little Women, so I had, I don't have an opinion on it yet. So I have an incomplete. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have seen it, and I love it because I'm a big Saoirse Ronan fan. Well, now let me Fair ask enough. you. I like her. Oh. I'm going to ask you. You're um, you're you're on a different side of the industry. You you're a writer. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Uh, do do you think there is enough representation, or do you think we're at least getting better? I think that there was a push to get better for a while, and then I'm unfortunately seeing the pendulum start to swing back a little bit into what what I think that people in the industry think is, quote-unquote, safe. And I think a lot of that is because there is uh, too much attention paid to the very loudest and, unfortunately, most toxic members of the online community who will always have something to bitch and scream about if, uh, you know, the movie that they're watching isn't, you know, a carbon copy of Revenge of the Nerds or whatever. Um, I think that yeah, I think there was a lot of great stuff that was happening a couple of years days. ago with like mm-hmm. uh, with Moonlight and with a lot of those kinds of pictures being released and crazy rich rich Asians and I, I just I think that I think that it's one of those two steps forward one step back and I'm really hoping that there continues to be another two steps forward uh, so we'll see what happens. What do you think about uh, films they say that couldn't be made today? Films like Blazing Saddles, which I happen to freaking love. Um, they say even, you know, even Team America couldn't be made My today. My nickname is Mongo for crying out loud. Yes. I oh, I love that. I think that, um, yeah, I, I kind of, I think that there's a certain amount of things that can't be made today just simply because we've evolved a little bit further as a culture. Um. I, I love Blazing Saddles. Like, Me too. <laughs> uh, the, no, Blazing Saddles, like the last 30 minutes of that movie, the first time I watched it, I thought I was going to have to like find someone who had an oxygen tank. I was on the <laughs> damn floor rolling yeah, around. Yeah, you know, I, I saw it on TV when I was, which had none of the swear words, and the farting scene was cut out of it. But I was still right. laughing hysterically. I spent three days after watching it just walking around going, oh, it's two, it's two. Mm. I, I just. <laughs> and I'm still reminded thing, of the line I think, that was I in think the that script Blazing Saddles that was after she said that. could be made today. Which was that? Because oh, it, Blazing Saddles wasn't oh. politically correct, but Blazing Saddles did something that a bunch of things can't do, which they it, it punched up. And I think that that's kind of what successful comedy does. You know, I mean, give me, you know, some dude who bemoans the whole, you know, oh, I can't be funny anymore because it isn't PC, and I'll show you the exact same comedian who can't make a joke land. You I know, is blaming that. the culture for it. You're I can supposed say to that. punch back. You know, like yeah. Ricky Gervais, punch back. Now, never punch down, 
or truck. So, yeah. I, I like Ricky yeah, Gervais. You, I do. Ha- I do have to say, every time Alexa sleeps with a black guy, she comes back and says, "Oh, it's Twoo, it's Twoo." That still goes on in my life. But, um, babe, you're sucking on my arm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was the line. That was the next line in the original script. Was Studio it? note said. Yes, the studio notes came back to Mel according to a commentary track he did for Blazing Saddles. Saddles uh, said that we don't have a rating for that line. Take it out. <laughs> it doesn't involve any naughty words, but oh, wow. You know, mm-hmm. it's one of those things that doesn't involve any curse words, but Jesus, you know. <laughs> but like, no, there's a t shirt out no. there that says, like, uncles with benefits. All right. Wow. That is mm-hmm. totally inappropriate, but no swear words. No, I, I get it. I yeah, it's it's very difficult. The content makes the problem. <laughs> the content, is yeah, killer. That's the thing. Well, do you do you well, think blazing saddles could be made today? Yeah, and I, I really do think that it's all about context. You know, I mean, if you are like if you're framing something where. Uh, <sighs> Oh, crap, I lost my train of thought. Anyway, <laughs> but, well, do you you know, I, I was thinking about the whole Ricky Gervais thing. And, um, you know, there's been much ado made about his comments at, uh, what was that, the Golden Globes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And I was like, oh, look, he's taking on the Hollywood establishment. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's really funny. This, doesn't this guy have a multi-million dollar Netflix deal? Yep. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. You know, I... Yeah, so I think there's, you know, he's a lot got, more... He's got known as fuck you money, so he's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I think that there's a whole variety of opinions out there in Hollywood, and I think that a lot of people just, you know, but that that's the whole thing is, like, when I'm, when I'm talking about how I'm kind of concerned about the step back, mm-hmm. is that, you know, I don't want people to automatically crawl back into their hermit crab shell uh, when it comes to representing uh, representing genders, representing different races, you know, representing any number of kinds of people who have these really engaging stories that need to be told. Because, I mean, you look at, you look at the movies that have just done gangbusters at the box office, and when the studios actually took a chance and went for representation, these movies made so much money. Yeah, everyone expected Black Panther to tank, and it's the most popular one. Yeah, exactly. And people um, expected Crazy Rich Asians to, to tank, yeah. and that did a stupendous amount at the box office. I think they, they expected it to do a certain amount, amount because it was something that was going to, that was, I guess, they, they marketed or polled well in certain areas, but they didn't mm-hmm. expect it to explode. No. Which it, is yeah, what it did. Exactly. Yeah. But then it did get knocked out of the top spot by the nun. So, mm-hmm. you know. Taste or taste. Yeah, so. well, that's it. I think, well, I know one of uh, the, the problems I've had with uh, doing Receiver of Many, one of the things that I ran into, they're like, well, is this really, you know, is this a feminist flick? I'm like, excuse me? It's a Greek myth. There's nothing <laughs> feminist about a Greek myth. Have you read Greek myths? Um, uh, Hera, Hera got a lot of shit done, all right? She, she I, I'm, I'm not complaining about Hera. I'm not complaining about Hera. Yeah. Um, 
And then, of course, it's the it's what I'm calling the Percy Jackson kick in the ass after uh, Rick Riordan. He got screwed. They did not follow his content. It really, like, he still mm-hmm. does not like Hollywood at all, and I don't blame him. Um, oh, no. And everyone's yeah, writers, kind of, writers tend not to like what, what's been done with their content. That's oh, it was like. horrible. He expected uh, Harry Potter, and what he got instead was... Um, a zonkey. Boring Harry Potter. No, a zonkey. They mm-hmm. didn't even follow the content. Um, well, it was, so, just, it was just assembled by a boardroom, Harry Potter, unfortunately. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. It, it was really, really terrible. And one of the things I've run into mm-hmm. a fair amount um, with this is people asking, you know, well, is this going to be a feminist film? Is this a film for women? And I'm really scared to say, yeah, we have a strong female lead because the first thing that people say is, okay, well, is this like a Hallmark film? Or I just kind of want to sit there and be like, I'm going to kick you in the crotch. How about that? Okay. Yeah, we're not going, no, 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 no. I don't, I doubt this is. This would belong on the I Am Woman Hear Me Wine Network, okay? That's it. All right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Mostly because. Yep. I'm yeah, still a bit because, of a um, You know, with Hallmark movies, you get the, oh, I have this big career and I'm going to give it up for, uh, you know, going to hang out with a guy who sells hot cocoa three times a year at Christmas and um, something. Yeah, you put Dean oh, Payne and Joanna Kearns in that, and that's about three or four movies. Oh, but, oh Valerie Bertinelli. Mm-hmm. She's in all of them now. Oh, she's the one now. Oh, okay, yeah, fair she's always the oh, mom yeah. of cancer, though. Kern's kind of raised her scot- her uh, her uh, stock mm-hmm. with the uh, with the transparent thing. So yeah, I get mm-hmm. it. Yeah, no, no. You need Dean Kane, Valerie Bertinelli, and Valerie Bertinelli. So it'd be Dean Kane, Hades, Valerie Bertinelli, Bertinelli has breast cancer, and they fall in love. I'm pretty sure that's not uh-huh. it, right? Is that is that like the uh, Hallmark plot assembled by bots that they put out a few <laughs> a few years ago? Where it's like, no, I'm serious. Where it's like uh, a guy shows up, his hands are briefcases, and I was just like, oh my god. Yeah, there it's was, really there was a thing where you they can, had like an AI write script. Now, luckily, it. it just did not make any continuity sense dialogue wise at all. Oh, we'd all be but, replaced and fired. No. But yeah, I, I said that the script that is written for those Hallmark movies is done on a whiteboard, you oh, know, so yeah. that they could just erase the names and change them over. I disagree. Oh, I think they put a dartboard up, and they put like cancer, child dies, boyfriend cheated, whatever. Then they put the name of actors. Mm-hmm. Then they put a setting, and they throw a dart. Yep. And 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 wherever it lands, that's what happens. Right, and I mean, I well, will them, say it's like this- they have a formula. I mean, they have a formula, I guess, that works, so why fuck with it? But that, that's not said, please. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's to not Hallmark. how I write. <laughs> to Hallmark, that doesn't mean that's, that's not how I write, but, you know. Well, yeah, it works I, for you. I, it works for you. I mean. Uh, but, God, the one that was, there was, there was one with, uh, I think it was a deadly adoption. That, uh, oh, my God. Had, uh, Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig in it. And they followed every bit of the formula. They use like the same oh, locations yeah, right. that I that when I was on a Hallmark movies because okay I know that cabin in the woods okay I've been at that house I know what that you know 
that's just how these work. But that is so worth a watch because they they play it so straight. Okay, I'm going to have so to watch I this because I love that. Will Ferrell and I want to have his baby. Uh-huh. I fucking love Will Ferrell. No, any man that can make me laugh like that, I love Will Ferrell. And I, I do. I love oh, Will yeah, Ferrell. I want to have his baby. I've been in love with him since Talladega Nights. It's my favorite movie. Don't judge me. Um, <laughs> don't judge me. But Oh, we're judging them. Fuck out of here at this point. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to have to watch that. I'd like to see his <laughs> I'm Summer Helly. We are on with my co-host, Paul Michael Bowen, host of the Middle Moderate, now very, very special guest, Rachel Alexander. And we are talking about all things Hollywood and Will Farrell for some reason. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Mm. <laughs> um, I can be found at my website, which is brkalexander.com. You can also find me if you search for me on Amazon or wherever uh, books are sold. And, of course, you can find me on uh, Literotica and AO3 and a whole bunch of other sites and on Twitter. All of those are the RK Alexander. I'm going to put up links. Go check her out on Twitter, guys. Um, She's got great stuff coming out. And go get a copy of Receiver of Many, Destroyer of Light. Fantastic, fantastic books. Check it out. Check them out on Amazon. Go have a look. Uh, Rachel, thank you so, so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. And then uh, I'd love to have you on again. I know everyone enjoys listening to you. And I didn't get to any questions. We were supposed to read old fan questions that we didn't. (laughs) We're going to pretend that didn't happen. And, of course, thank you to my co-host, Paul Michael Bolin. You all know where to find him. Facebook, Twitter, they're all thing. Uh, they're, they're, I'll put up links Facebook, to Facebook, Facebook, and Facebook. I still what, Twitter. Go to his Facebook. Go to his Facebook. Okay. And you all know where to fin- find me on Twitter because I'm the one that gets all the hate mail. <laughs> so thank you for joining us. I'm Summer Helene. We're on with my co host, Paul Michael Bolin, host of the Militant Moderate. Now, very special guest, Rachel Alexander, author of Receiver of Many, Destroyer of Light. Go read her book. She's fantastic. We'll see you guys next week. Good night. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.